What's up, Secrets family? Welcome to the Secrets Are Killing Us podcast. Listen, we're vulnerable, we cry, we laugh. We're honest so that we can heal, be healed, and set free from all those internal secrets. And you know we all have them. That's really been killing us. Come on and vibe with us, y'all. Get into the conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Secrets Are Killing Us. We are in episode two. Uh, last episode, we talked about checking in, and I laughed about um, everything like we normally do. But we also gave you some tidbits on shows we like. I still haven't watched The Chosen One. I think that's what it's called, right? Trash, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I'm working on it. Um, you heard his voice. I asked him a question without introducing him. Sorry. Um, I'm joined by my co-host. Mr. Ant, he's already shaking his head at me. Mr. Anthony Vincent. Ant, say what's up to the people. You know how I do. What's up, good people? What's going on? Welcome back to a new episode of The Secrets Are Killing Us. And hold on to your britches for a good conversation we got going on today. This is going to be good. It's going to be interesting, too. I don't know how it's going to go. But before we do that, we started something last episode. Uh, good week, bad, good week, bad week. And so you need prayer for. So you want to go first? What's good? What is something good that happened to you this week? This week? Well, we're only halfway through it. So I don't know if I can say They don't know that really when they listen to it. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to say this week. This Well, I can say good things this week. It's only oh, Wednesday. But um, another week where I don't have a class the whole week. And I have nothing in my calendar for next week. So I'm so excited about it. Um, but also on Saturday, I went to, um, you know, I've been a hermit since the pandemic yes. happened. Even before that, I was a hermit anyway. But um, on Saturday, I went to see Boys to Men in concert with one of my homegirls. So I got to see them um, with the Greensboro Symphony down here, which was really fun. And then I got to see one of my um, social media friends. She opened up her um, photography studio in Greensboro. So I got to support her on Sunday. So a couple of fun things going on. I've noticed like you are always like supporting whether it's in person or virtual someone's um, initiative or someone's product. Um, so I, I definitely know that about you. I got a chance to see Boyz II Men. They opened for Bruno Mars two years ago, um, mm. but that's one group I can see time and time and time again. Um, okay, something that didn't go your way within the last two weeks, I'll say. Something that didn't go my way. I can't think of anything. Nothing that didn't really go my way that I needed to go my way. Oh, let me say this. I can't. My fat self did not go in the gym to work out. <laughs> that did not go my way. I needed to go to the gym. I was making plans to do it. It did not happen. I stayed on the couch eating cookies and candy and sweets and all the wrong stuff that I should not be having. But um, that didn't go my way. I'm trying to make a difference this week. So for those who are keeping score. Of course, score, not today and yesterday because it's been raining consistently. <laughs> Uh, 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 mm -mm. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get y'all to keep tabs on me, y'all. Don't listen to I'm him. I'm just saying, you said you said you didn't have a class yet. We're not working out either. Okay. But more importantly, <laughs> what kind of cookies are you eating? Because this will this will change our friendship. What kind of cookies are they? What the hell is that? It's the Chick Fil A cookie, uh, chocolate chip cookies. 
But I only bought okay. them yesterday. I haven't been eating cookies a lot lately. What kind okay. do you like? Macadamia nuts or something? Or oatmeal raisins? You know, I, I do. Both of them. Both Old. <laughs> Those two, like, white macadamia nut and oatmeal raisin are my favorite cookies. They're so weird. The Subway's cookies. macadamia nut is bomb. Yes. I can't even sit in yes. Subway's. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm the only one that go in there and get like this light salad, you know, with water. But let me get six of those cookies. <laughs> like I got a period. Listen. Um, <laughs> and one thing you need prayer for. Consistency. Get my tail in the gym. Pray that I get in the gym. Be consistent going in the gym so that I can see the change that I that I want to see um, in my body. As you can see now, for y'all that are on here, they can actually visually see me. See all these cheeks in the camera. And I'm trying to get these cheeks to go down as long as same with the stomach and midsection and all that good stuff. But um, just consistency, finally getting the gym and remaining consistent with it is what I need prayer for right now. Okay. Maybe we need like a Secrets Are Killing Us accountability group or something like that when it comes to working. I'm sure some of our listeners, see, you need some accountability down here by yourself. That's what I'm saying. Mm -mm -mm. Well, every time you want to do a group project, you want to do a book club, you want to do reading. <laughs> I'm working on all these. <laughs> no. All right, your turn. So what are some things that went good over the past two weeks for you? Um, uh, the flag football season finally started. Um, you guys know I'm the commissioner of flag football here in Philly. We had, out of 73 people to register, we had 30 new people sign up for the first time this year. Oh, um, shoot. So we celebrated that. And... It's one of those things like you plan and plan and plan and plan. At some point, it has to start. And then mm -hmm. when it finally started, it was like, all right, God, now we can just play. <laughs> you know, now we can just play. Um, one thing that didn't go my way this week, I still have yet to hire a new hire. I think I told you all about this in um, last episode for New York. Mm -hmm. So literally, Monday through Wednesday, I'm working in Philly. And Thursday and Friday, I'm working in New York. And it's been killing me. Like, really, really killing me. Jesus. Um, so I'm going to tie that you driving? The, and I'm driving. And I'm, so my new car is getting all the mileage already. <laughs> um, so I'm tying in the prayer to that, too. Like, pray that I find somebody soon. Um, I've been in four hotels in the last four days. So I, I feel like either a celebrity or a prostitute. I haven't figured out which one yet. But the latter. Um, <laughs> we'll take the points. Appreciate it. <laughs> Oh man. So good, though, um, but a good tie into the prayer, so it is. <laughs> I'm tired. Um <laughs> so this episode is gonna be an interesting one. We have a special guest, um, a good friend of mine, more like a sister at this point. Um, she's a little bit nervous. Look at it, she's making faces already. <laughs> I know. She's like, oh my god, I'm shaking in my boots already. You fine. <laughs> um, we're gonna welcome Kachina to the conversation. What's going on? Hey. That was dry. Yeah, we're going to be a little bit more today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. There we go. So before we get started, I'm going to tell the story I always tell when I introduce people to you. Um, oh but before we do that, answer, Aunt has some questions for you. What questions okay. I'm asking? See, y'all, he be throwing me out on doing stuff. The quick questions. You didn't see <laughs> if I still had them. The questions we have, um, <laughs> was that the list that we that we did last year? Yes. Y'all know we were all the way raw, so y'all know how we do. 
I'm not editing any of this out. <laughs> it'll probably be at the end, not at the beginning. We we do five in the beginning. We do five in the end. Oh God. Okay. Ready. So you said Katina, right? That's good. Am I saying it right? Because he he be you know rolling it together sometimes like he's from the south. <laughs> Katina. All right, Katina. All right. So first question is vulnerability is fill in the blank. What is vulnerability? Ah, oh, vulnerability. It's also on the spot. I didn't know this was like a um. A See, quiz. We should have waited. He wanted to go like, early. Casual questions, like you know, would you like to eat? What <laughs> <laughs> do you do we'll for fun? <laughs> like first date questions. Vulnerability. Um. <laughs> vulnerability is having the strength to show your weaknesses um mm. your insecurities things like that i think vulnerability is the strength to do that because a person who's afraid to do that you know can't be vulnerable so i think it takes strength to be vulnerable and just to expose your, your true self your true feelings mm. i like that all right next one Something that people get wrong about you. Um, people think I'm mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chris is shaking her head like, yes. Why do people think that? Because I have like this like serious look on my face and I've I've heard it be called, you know, resting bitch face. But you know, I'm <laughs> I just, I'm like in my thoughts, I'm like thinking, you know, I'm in my own world and that just, you know, that's like a blank look. Like who walks around smiling like a crazy person like, all day long? Chris, I was correct. <laughs> you got, somebody's going to pick you up off the street. They're going to snatch you up off the street like something wrong with him. <laughs> you just smiling all the time. No reason. Yes. Uh-huh. All right, next one. Ooh. So favorite movie, something you can watch over and over and over again and not get tired of. I have a few and they're like like a wide range. So I have like Pretty Woman, Carlito's Way. Classic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like day and night. So um <laughs> the Sherlock Holmes movie. That's one of my favorites too. So it's like that's We're like Robert Downey Jr. Yes. I so you got him. like you got like a mixture of like romance, you got like hood, you got um like I would say that you, it requires a certain level of intelligence to appreciate Sherlock Holmes because it's like really slow and it's dry, but I just I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's funny. He makes it worth watching though. Robert Downey Jr. He is definitely like a genius at what he does. Yes. All right. Um, favorite meal. You said date type questions. I'm going into some date type questions. Uh -huh. um, pizza's my favorite. I'm simple. <laughs> Don't have to wine and dine me. Just give me a good pizza. <laughs> you had to say pizza when you hit You see why we related? You see why we related? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to ask one more. One more. All right. Um, what's the last show you binge watched? Um, Blackish. I'm still trying to finish it up. I've never watched one episode of Blackish. What? Not one. They're on their last season, so I was like, oh, no, I gotta watch it. Like, okay. I've seen little <laughs> clips. Yeah, I've seen little clips, and I'm like, this show was funny, but I never took the time to watch it, and I've just been binge-watching it. 
So like I go like real hard and then I do an episode here and then I, I'm I'm still trying to get through it. I'm on like season six. <laughs> I mean. Gotcha. Oh, wow. now, now I gotta check it out. I done missed out clearly. Both of y'all look like y'all watch it. <laughs> Uh, I, I love Black, and I think uh, we also binge watch uh, Bridget. Well, you finished Bridgerton in like a day. I watched it in a day. Yes, literally. <laughs> so, on a Friday night, I just binge watched all of it. I couldn't stop watching it. I was like, I just have to finish it. And I'm I used to be up like late on Fridays, not anymore though. But I was up watching it. Yeah, Bridgerton is good. It had me hooked when it came out too. Yeah, I didn't love it. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> you the reason I started watching it. I know, and that's the crazy thing. So flight, and I was like, "What you watching?" <laughs> then I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we're talking about um, uh, I don't even know what to call it. What did I call the title again? Doing the work. That's what it is. <laughs> yo, this is gonna be a funny episode, yo. I'm telling you. Um, but before I do that, I gotta tell the the Kachina story that I love to tell because it's hilarious. So <laughs> she cringed already. Kachina's <laughs> godmom and I, we go to the same church. And, you know, through different functions and stuff like that, she said to me, um, hey, I want you to meet my goddaughter. Maybe y'all could date. And I'm like, <laughs> and if y'all have listened to the podcast before, you can see why this is funny. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. But Kachina and I met. And I think we both <laughs> told her, like, yeah, it's not going to work out with Twitter or whatever. Um, because at the time I was interested, we weren't dating yet, but I was interested in her son. Um, but she just didn't know. So she was trying to hook me up with her goddaughter when all actuality I was trying to be with her son. But she and I became <laughs> really, really good friends. And, um, I just, that story just tickles me every single time. Like when people see us together. Yes. Yeah. She was like, yeah, I had this really good, nice guy in my church. I think he would be great for each other. And I'm just like, okay, who? She's like, Chris. I was like, okay. <laughs> He's already occupied with someone else. Not going to happen. <laughs> just to, so one of the reasons I asked Katina to come on this episode, um, even up until yesterday, Katina and I have been really holding each other accountable for making better decisions in our lives. Um, You've heard Ant and I talk about just reckless things that we've done and or hell in my case continue to do. Um, but Kachina's one of those people. Yeah. That's like mm, think better or do better or, or just be better. Um, but we all know how difficult that may be, whether it's ego or you just hate to be wrong, or you really just don't have the tools to to um think rationally when it comes to certain decision making. So, uh, Kachina, so we're going to pick on you for a little bit. So let's start with your story. Let's start with your childhood or like the, we're going to get to the, from the rough to the, the beautiful place that you are now. Okay. Um, God, I don't even know where to start. Um, my childhood was, was different. Um, I can't say that it's all that anyone would have hoped for. Um, when they're thinking of like an ideal situation, but I realized that what I've been through has really um, made me who I am today. So mm -hmm. I really wouldn't change, you know, not one thing, not the, not the worst of days, not the best of days. Um, I really appreciate them um, for making me who I am as a, as a person, as a friend, as a sister, a mother, um, just all of the above. And I, I've come to find out that I 
have grown to be what I always wanted, you know, as a child, that, that protector, that person to really pay attention, to listen, to, to love, to fill those voids that I had. So I try to be that to others. And I don't think I would be able to be that had I not had the experiences that I had. Yeah. Um, so I, I was raised, you know, by my mother. Um, my dad was around, but not really like consistent for his reasons and her reasons. Um, so that was tough. Um, when I was, when I was probably about maybe five or six, my mom got with a, a guy, you know, at some point they got married, they bought a house and uh, moved in together. And that, those, that was like the start of the best years of my life. Um, because it was a two-parent home. It seemed to be like a lot of balance. My mom was, she had a good job. He had a good job. We were kind of like financially stable, which was like a beautiful thing in the 90s because, you know, we're smack in the middle of a, you know, crack epidemic and you're watching all of these things happen around you. People's families falling apart and yours is still seeming stable. Um, even though I was outside, I was in the streets, <laughs> like running seven streets. years, seven years, six, seven years old, we're just running the streets. Like, where is the supervision? But I mean, times were different then. And mm. I can't say that they were necessarily better because I've seen a lot of crazy things at a young age that my kids, they can't say they've ever seen. <laughs> um, but it, I don't know, it's just different. Cause you know, we care more about each other. It was more community, um, and just, you know, the adults in the community, we just wouldn't let certain things happen. So there was some level of, of safeness, but at the same time, it was still a mess. Um, but after they, they separated and eventually divorced, I seen my mom go like on a decline, just emotionally, um, just, just, she just, her thinking was irrational. She started drinking, um, you know, more and it just, she just became very distant. And I think at that point, she really, like, um, she just, she was distant. She wasn't there. She was no longer what I needed her to be. And I'm not saying she was all the way what I needed to be then, because the lady had her issues. But um, <laughs> she did. She does. It was, she, um, but it just, I don't know, it created a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of, it just left me with, like, a lot of voids. Um, just from her distance, my dad's distance, and now a stepfather who's gone and just, you know, moving forward, moving around a lot, um, things like that. I mean, I could... I know, I could one thing we vibed on early was, like, similarly, but not, like, my, we talked about my dad and his issues with, you know, being alcoholic and being in and out and stuff like that and it wasn't until like I was like a teenager that it made me realize the impact that it was having on my life at one point it was just like either you're going to be part of the family or you're not you know and I wasn't that old to make that decision but I can see how it was impacting my mom um ultimately you know it led me to leave when I was 15 16 for a couple of years just because I couldn't be in that environment it was going to be near him you know and and not to say that, you know, my mom chose him over me, but she thought she, she was making the best decision. Um, how did that impact, like, your teenage years? Um, hmm. I, I, I mean, I was, my teenage years, I went into my teenage years with, without, like, a lot of guidance. There was a lot I wasn't taught. There was a lot I didn't know. 
I had to like figure things out on my own. Um, but by the time I was 15, I, my mom had sent me to go live with my dad. So it was like a very different like uh, life for me. You know, I, I, I was my dad was in and out of my life. Um, so I was familiar enough with him, but to live with him full time was just like, it was, just, it was different. Um, but I was, you know, my grandma was there. I had two aunts, a cousin, two cousins. It was like a, a house full of people. So my dad worked a lot. Um, but I, you know, I had my family there. So it was kind of hard adjusting to all that and still trying to figure out, you know, who I am, you know, as a person and just, um, you know, where I'm going in life. I don't know if that answers your question. It does. <laughs> it does. So, like, <clears throat> so you you left your parents' house. I mean, your mom sent you with your dad and everything like that. What, you Were you still in North Philly at the time? I was in Mount Airy. Oh, see, you were, like, in Mount Airy. Okay. For you those who don't know, <laughs> Mount Airy is, like... <laughs> moving on up (laughs) (laughs) but I had came from I was um in southwest at the time so I grew up part of my life in Germantown the other part in southwest okay but like all over Germantown I lived everywhere like everywhere that makes how did you feel can I ask a question yes sorry I was waiting for you (laughs) so when you actually when your mom told you that she was sending you with your dad how'd you feel because that could be a big culture shock to go from what's familiar to, like you said, you, your father was in and out of your life, so there wasn't really an established relationship. You knew of him, you knew he was your dad, but it wasn't like it was somebody that you were close with. So how how did how did that how did you feel going through that transition? And then when she told you that she was sending you to him, um, I felt like she was discarding me. I mean, even though I was going mm-hmm. with my dad, I was like, she's just getting rid of me because. You know, I, I mean, I understand why, because, you know, I wasn't going to school and I wasn't doing the things that I was supposed to. But I just felt like, you know, instead of trying to work with him or maybe they did work together and they came to that agreement that that would be better for me. And ultimately, I feel like it was. So I'm not, you know, mad about it. But at the time, I just felt like she was just she just was getting rid of me. Gotcha. Chris, sorry, I jumped in on you. <laughs> We've only been doing this for four <laughs> seasons. At some point, we'll be able to get the hang of, like, you know, <laughs> taking care of that same question. And, Katina, honestly, we tell our guests all the time, feel free to ask us questions, too, because, like, this is more of a conversation than less than an interview. Um, I like to talk, and we'll tell you, just like I was trying to talk over him then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had to ask that all- question because it was, when she was telling it, I was just, like, I was putting myself in your shoes. Like, you know what I mean? You said you, you know, was with your mom, and you know, she was raising you. So for me, I almost got teary-eyed because I was like, you're going into unfamiliar territory. And then you said, you know, you going from, I don't know who was living with you when you was with your mom, if it was a lot of people, but not only are you going to live with somebody that you don't know who is your father, but then you're going and being around other, probably other family members that you probably didn't have great relationships with or didn't know very well. So that can be really scary. You know what I mean? It can be scary. It can be, it, well, can it be definitely- fearful. It was a big adjustment. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was always familiar with my family. I was around my family, but I didn't grow up tight-knit like the rest of my family did. Like, I kind of was like that person that was just around for holidays, some weekends here and there. Like, I was familiar. You know, my mom had a good relationship with, with my dad's family. So, you know, I was they, they were around, 
I wasn't as close, but it was, I mean, it's a lot because now I'm sharing living spaces. You know, I, I, sh I shared a room with my grandma. <laughs> like, that was different. I was like, uh, you know, here with my grandma. <laughs> I'm like on the edge of the bed. Like, I don't want to move, roll over or nothing. Yeah, we had to share a bed. So it was like, I'm, you know, I had my own bed at my mom's house. And not to say that they were the best of living conditions either, but at least I had my own bed. <laughs> and then what happened was, um, I think the following year, maybe it was that year, my mom had bought a house somewhere else in Southwest and she moved and um, nobody packed up my stuff. <laughs> mm. So a lot of like sentimental items that I had um, got left behind. And it was just like, wow, they really just, they don't, they just forgot about me. She sent me off to go live with my dad. I don't, I'm not, you know, they don't care. My room, like, who's, why wouldn't you pack up my stuff? <laughs> Right. Like I took all my clothes with me when I moved, but I had other things there because I would go home on the weekend. I had like, you know, trophies that I had, medals, things that I made that were, that meant a lot to me. Like I had this, um, <laughs> it's crazy because I, I don't forget anything that got left behind. <laughs> my T-ball trophy, <laughs> my, my, my medal for, uh, for working in the garden over at the Germantown Boys and Girls Club. Um, I had made this clock, um, in Woodshop. I was in, I want to say sixth grade. And, you know, making something in woodshop, you're using saws, I'm shellacking. <laughs> like, I, put, I put my hard work into this. I was so proud. It was a good, I made a clock and I had made it for my mom. And um, they, you know, I don't have that, you know, and that meant mm. something to me because I put a lot of work into it. It was, it was, I'm like real sentimental. I save everything, cards, you know, notes, um, I have, um, like, tickets. Like, <laughs> I have all kinds of stuff that I see because it, it means something to me. And then moving mm -hmm. around a lot, you want to have, like, um, it kind of helps me put a timeline together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It helps me remember where I was at, what I was doing. So I think it's something that I still continue to do. Just just hold on to things for memories. Mm -hmm. So when you say she didn't pack it up, you, that means you didn't, you, it's gone? Like, you never got it or... It's gone. It stayed with the house when she, she the wow. apartment that they were at, they wow. left. And um, I guess whoever ended up coming to clean it out just trashed it because, you know, and nobody lived there no more. Wow. So it's gone. Yeah. And I, I was kind of, I was hurt. I was like, why wouldn't anyone pack my stuff or give me the opportunity to pack it? Y'all just picked up and just left my stuff. So that was painful. It's interesting hearing you say, like, how uh, sentimental you can be because when we first met like and she wasn't exaggerating like she has the worst rest in bitch face I've ever seen in my life because <laughs> we were like I think we were at um, your godmom's house and you know I think she had like a cookout or something you know she loves a cookout and yes. I don't think you had the kids at the time so you just came and and you know I love to talk to people like I'll talk to anybody up and down completely she was like boom like hi yes no like, like <laughs> i ain't got much for you <laughs> so i was like because she's just mean as fuck like what's her problem like, <laughs> i um i moved around a lot so that meant i was switching neighborhoods i was switching schools so i was making friends and i was attached to people and then up oh, we're moving and then it's mm. just like, oh, okay. And then a, a time or two, you adjust as a kid. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, whatever. 
you know, make some new friends. And then after so many times, it's just like, I don't want to make friends and then lose friends. So I don't really allow myself or allow people to get attached to me because in my mind, I'm going to get separated from you. But, you know, once you grow as an adult, you realize that whatever relationship you want to to have, you put the work in. You know what I mean? As a kid, mm -hmm. though, you're just like, you, you're eight years old. How are you going to find your friend? <laughs> you know? <laughs> we didn't have cell phones. We had house phones, you know, and they might be moving, too. And, you know, it's just like you, you lose contact with people. And, um, you know, so I kind of just got to this point where I'm just, like, really guarded. But um, once I talk to you, like, you know, I'm I'm a pretty nice person, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, some people may not think I'm approachable, um, but, you know, once you talk to me and that and I kind of like <laughs> let that that layer down, it's just like, oh, OK, she's actually a decent person. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would I would attest to that. But the first couple of years, it was just like. If we we bumped Dang, into each other years? A lot. I thought you was going to say days no, or weeks or it hours. Like, <laughs> it, it, it took some time because, you know, we would be at, whether it's at the house or at the church. and You didn't spend as much time around each other, though. It was no, just like no, in passing. Didn't. It was in events. Yeah. And, it, and the oh, thing okay. is, is I really, I really liked you. And I enjoyed being around you and stuff like that. And it just was like, all right, but I'm not going to get that attached to this person because... <laughs> I ain't gonna, I don't I, know if I'm gonna I see him again. I don't do that, you know. I don't do <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> so, uh, so fast forward, uh, you became a mom for the first time. Yes. What was that? Did you always want to have kids? I did. Yes, I always wanted to have my own family because I have control over that. These people, these kids, they're gonna love me unconditionally. I'm going to love them. Um, you know, build my own little unit. <laughs> so, you know, I have control over, you know, I, I, I'm going to get as much as I give, you know what I mean? So it's not like one-sided. Um, so yes, I always wanted to have kids. I, if I was younger, I would, have, I would still have some more. I wanted more, but I have two. Yes. Fine. And do you want to have kids? I go through motions, moments. Because <laughs> I love hesitated. kids. I absolutely love kids. And, you know, I, I always have my guy kids often. You know, I babysit them more. If my uh, one of my friends, who's one of my best friends, she has three kids now. She has two boys and a girl. And I have become uncle for all of them. Um, so I've been at the hospital when she's had the babies, you know, picking them up from daycare, all that kind of stuff. So I love that thing. And then because they look like me, people think they're really my kids anyway. So when they be like, oh, my God, your son is so cute or your daughter is so cute. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Lying. <laughs> no one ain't not my kids. All the credit. <laughs> so I, right. Taking all the credit. But I love kids. I absolutely love children. And I actually literally just had this conversation with a friend. I don't know if it was earlier today or yesterday. I, I might have been yesterday. And he asked me the same thing. He's like, do you want to have kids? I was like, I go back and forth with it because I love them but they are a lifetime responsibility. And it's hard to be a parent. There is no rule book for it. You can't um, look up to see, how do I uh, do this for this kid? Because every kid is different. It's just so many different things that's intertwined with um, becoming a parent. And then I'm also afraid of failure with being a parent mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, it's such a big responsibility. And I, like you, have had some mishandling done to me you know, as, as a kid being raised, you know, where my father also wasn't in my life a lot. And um, 
I was sharing with my friend the other day. I was like, I remember as a kid, you know, my mom said, all right, your daddy's going to pick you up, you know, to come get you for the weekend. And I'm sitting in the window. And in the window. Jacket, (laughs) backpack on hat ready. Ready. And hours are going by to the point where I fall asleep in the window waiting on daddy to pick me up. So I remember those kinds of things. I remember those, like my dad was, he was, when I was with him, we had a blast. All the kids on the block in Philly loved him, you know, and every to the world, I had the best dad. But when my dad stopped being consistent or my dad was choosing other things or whatever his um, story is as to why he wasn't in my life, I didn't realize it was, you know, really impacting my life, you know, growing up, even to the relationships that I got into. We've talked about that, Chris and I, on some other podcast episodes that I was realizing that I was getting into relationships with people that were like my dad, almost like I was willing, trying to get them to give me what I didn't have for my dad growing up and didn't notice until I started dealing with it. And I'm just so afraid of giving my children trauma and the trauma that I gave them. So it makes me hesitant. And then you don't want to have, have a kid with just anybody. And I damn sure don't want to do it by myself because that's a lot, a lot of responsibility. So it's, it's, I go back and forth with it. I would love to have kids. I would love to see, you know, um, somebody that looks like, just like me and they could actually be mine um, and <laughs> raise them and give them all the things that I didn't have. But just because I didn't have that doesn't mean what they need either. So it's mm-hmm. so much that goes to being a parent that I go back and forth with. So some days it's like, yes, I want a, I want a kid or at least I'm not in a relationship. At least I can pour all my love into this baby. Um, and then there's other days it's just like, but you got to get shots and they, you got to take care of these sick and change pampers and diapers and buy clothes for these kids and do all these other things. It's like, that's a big bill for 18 You can't lay on the couch longer. all day and sleep. <laughs> I can't lay on the couch and sleep. I got to give them what they desire. I got to give them the love and attention that they seek, even on times when I'm tired and I just don't really have it, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a big sacrifice. So I go back and forth with it. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine told me, he said, uh, kids will show you another layer of exhaustion. Like, we think we're tired now, <laughs> but <laughs> when you have a kid, there's no being tired, in a sense. It's just like, you got to find that, you probably get, you got to find that energy somewhere deep to get whatever <laughs> needs to be done, you know. You get it, though. Um, kids are a blessing. Kids help you, they teach you a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think coming from a place of trauma and recognizing the trauma, you definitely move carefully. Um, You pour into your kids, you give them tools that you wish you had. Um, It's selfless work, but once you you see that, you know, that little person that you made, you know what I mean? All of that goes out the window. You don't care about Mm. yourself as much anymore. I mean, you, you do the things that you need to do for yourself, but they're your priority. And I get so much joy from seeing my kids happy. Um, I have times where I'm like, you know, when I when my kids were younger or before I had kids, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be a good mom. What do I have to mm-hmm. offer them? And things like that. And I realized that my kids wake up happy every day. They go to <laughs> sleep happy every day. They're happy all the time. And that right there is an accomplishment for me. Because yeah. I wasn't a happy kid. I was miserable you know, I had a lot of anxiety. I was stressed over things that I had no business being stressed about. And um, I really didn't get to enjoy the innocence of, of childhood. And I watched my Same. kids enjoy that. And I feel like if if I only accomplished that, I've already succeeded as a parent. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that 
giving them all the things that I was missing in life, I am preparing them for to be better adults, to go out in the world and just be better people. And we need better people. So I, I, I it's like a mission. You know what I mean? You, you, you get up and you go to you go to work every day, you know, at a job you don't like, you know what I mean? And it's not really rewarding to you, but being a parent is is rewarding, especially if your heart is in it. Um, so I think that you shouldn't make a decision based off of fears and what ifs. You know what I mean? You'd be surprised what you're capable of once you're in the situation. I mean, I've had bad migraines, sh body shut down. Like I've got the lights <laughs> off. I'm like, this is, I'm, this is it. I'm about to check out. And I still get up and do what I need to do for my kids because, you know, they need me. They can't do it for themselves. So, you know, you, you find a, a different level of strength with, within yourself. You know, so I wouldn't, I would, I would not make a decision based off of fear of, of what is. All right. All right. See, go have right. that baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I love See, the that fact you that said. you're thinking that is saying that you have the potential to be a good parent. You know what I mean? Because other people mm. don't think that. They just like, all right, what I'm going to do with this baby? I don't even like this man. He get on my nerves. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with this baby? I love what you said about almost second guessing about your about parenting and parenthood and how well you're doing as a parent. And you didn't base it off of what everybody else was saying or your own thoughts. You said, my kids are smiling. Mm -hmm. My kids are happy. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of people make when it comes to parenting. They listen to everybody else or they get into their own psyche, their own thoughts about I could be doing better with this opposed to evaluating how the kids feel or, you know, what the kids may be saying or their responses or just responding based on their needs. And I think that's really important for a lot of parents to know. You'd base, you know, your parenting, not based on anybody else, but just solely on how your kids are being fed and if they're getting the things that they need and right. they desire. So I think that's dope. Thank you. So obviously you didn't have these kids on your own. Well, not obviously, but you <laughs> did. Accurate <laughs> oh, conception. Times two. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that part of your journey for a little bit. Um, which part exactly? <laughs> you you got married. You had my wedding. Yes, I what? had a wedding. I like so my wedding is going to be like purple and gray. I already planned my wedding. I just gotta you know get engaged and get married and shit like that. But Kachina, <laughs> <laughs> Kachina had a wedding, and I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, yo, she had my wedding. <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> You were there. No, I came to the reception. The wedding was. The yes. well, I mean, we still had the same <laughs> stuff on. We still had the same colors. Well, they still yeah, existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was at the reception. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Secrets Fam? This is your boy, Chris. Listen, I think this is a good place as any to pause the conversation for this week. But tune in next week as we continue this conversation with Kachina about doing the work.